Hey mom, first things first, thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, mom, Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Today, I want to talk about engagement. I want to talk about getting engaged, waiting on getting engaged, how to know if you're ready to get engaged. Um, So I'm going to be answering two specific questions today because I kind of feel like they go together and separating them felt a little weird. So the first question is, how do we know if we're ready to get engaged or how do I know if I'm ready to get engaged? And is there a certain like timeline that there should be? And that comes from many different people. So it's hard to say like this one person asked me this. I feel like I get this question on a weekly, if not daily basis (laughs) from my readers and listeners. And so that's basically just from like every girlfriend in America. Okay. So that's the first question. And then the second question comes from a gal named Sydney. And she said, what advice do you have for not getting too antsy or becoming discontent when you know a proposal is coming. Or in other words, when you feel like you're waiting on the ring. So these are two things that I'm going to give my best take on. Um, I'm not a pro at all things engagement, but I have gone through it and been through it and done the waiting season and done the 14-month engagement and all of those things. So I'm just going to speak kind of from personal experience and a few takeaways that might help you if you feel like you're either not sure if you're ready to get engaged and trying to figure out you know, like, how do I know if this is, you know, what I should do? And then also when you're waiting to get engaged. And I think even piggybacking off of that is kind of like an offshoot question. There was a gal um, that asked me, how do you make the most of engagement and not just feel like you're counting down the days till the wedding? A gal named Virginia asked that on Instagram. So I'm going to kind of bundle those questions together and try to make the best, uh, give you the best advice I can in this season. Um, first thing I'll say is Matt and I had been dating, at least in our experience, um, we dated about two years before getting engaged and then we were engaged for 14 months. So it was, you know, a little over three years, they want to say, um, from the time we met to the time we actually had our wedding. But we also have friends who knew each other for four months, got engaged, and were married later that year. I mean, there's no, like, perfect way to do it. We also have friends that dated for five years and then got engaged. So I think we sometimes think, like, well, is there a certain timeline? No, because it has to fit your experience. It needs to fit your reality. It, You know, I wouldn't say wait just because you're not sure, you know, the, of the next— step or job or anything like that. Like if that's your only reason, I would say maybe that's, I think if you're ready to make the commitment, that's smart and that's good. But there's also a few things that are practical that might be smart to look at. And that's actually what we did. So when we were dating, 
we kind of both knew a lot of people ask me like how'd you know he was the one you know and I'm like well I'll tell you like it wasn't like fireworks were everywhere and like you know everything was written across the sky it was like I just had this peace I think sometimes we chase butterflies in our culture but the problem with butterflies is that they fly away and so I was you know surprised by when we first met I didn't feel like I mean yeah there was a little bit of an excitement but it wasn't like this um you know sparks weren't everywhere and butterflies weren't flying all over my <laughs> all over on my stomach it was more like I just had this peace like hmm this is different you know and um and then I remember we were it was about the week after we met and we were driving back from somewhere and it started to downpour rain like to the point where we literally couldn't see out the windshield and so he pulled off the side of the road and we just sat there talking and I remember for some reason something came out of my mouth I looked at him and I was like I'm not afraid of you (laughs) he's like great that's good I'm not a monster I was like no I just mean like I don't have like apprehensions or I don't feel like the fear of being around you or the fear of vulnerability um, because to put yourself out there, to date, to be engaged, to commit yourself, it's like to, it basically is to say, I'm going to lie aside other options. And so even though we hadn't even really like outrightly started dating, dating yet, there was like clearly just an understanding. And I was like, I'm not afraid to make a sacrifice for you. Right. And then I remember um, a few months after we met, my mom and I were talking on the phone shortly after she and my dad had met him. The conclusion that I came to was, yeah, I would go anywhere with him. Like, if he needed to move across the country, like, I would be confident going with him and not feel like I'm, like, missing out on something or leaving something behind or, like, it would be the wrong move. Like, I was just like, yep, I have full confidence that, you know, and then he was also working towards the NFL. And so that was, you know, towards the end of his college career and working towards trying to get into the NFL. And I had to kind of do some honest evaluation. And I was like, okay, would I date this guy if he made an entry-level salary at a normal job? Or am I attracted to the whole like NFL thing? And I remember thinking like, even if he didn't make enough money to support us, I'd still go across the country with him and I would still choose him. So that was huge for me. Um, Because I think sometimes we can think like we can get so caught up in someone's resume or their accomplishments or their looks or, you know, the fact that they're a football player or the fact that they're well-liked or whatever the thing is. And sometimes miss like, but do I have full peace about this? Like if all of this was stripped away, if the football thing was stripped away, which it was, if money was stripped away, if looks were stripped away, if um, attraction or if butterflies were like flying away, you know, if all that was stripped away and we just got to like the core of who we are and how we connect and where we align when it comes to values, beliefs, heart, you know, personality, like we're finishing each other's sentences, you know, like those kind of things, then I would say that's a go. You know, if there's peace there of whatever job role he has, whether he's the janitor or the CEO, would I go with him? And if the answer is yes, then that's when I knew it was like, okay, then this is worth pursuing. But I took my time to get there. You know, I didn't like go and broadcast to everybody. I like met the love of my life. I didn't even tell, I didn't even tell my family, I mean, my parents kind of knew, but I didn't tell my extended family for like several months. I was like in denial because I didn't want to make, you know, I didn't want to say anything until I really knew. And so It was just funny, but I think I really did know. I just had to come to that myself and ask myself that question. So anyways, that's, I think, important to kind of just keep in mind and maybe ask yourself about who you are dating or who you are starting to date or who you've been dating for a while. I think that's a really honest and helpful evaluation. Um, Another thing that I would say is when it comes to answering that first question, you know, how do you know if you're ready to get engaged? Matt and I, like, I'm going to just give you a really practical answer for that. Um, You know, I'm not a pro at this, but it was 
not only personal, like the personal connection and the personal evaluation and, you know, seeking counsel, but it was also somewhat practical. Like, I think sometimes we can over-spiritualize or overthink this too much. <laughs> like, we live in this culture, I think, that is afraid of and avoids commitment like the plague because we're so afraid to make wrong decisions. And I'm just here to say that is honestly one of the dumbest things we as humankind can do. Now, I'm not saying be unwise and just commit yourself to anybody, but I am saying I think sometimes we are almost like afraid of commitment because it's like, well, I don't want to lose my independence. I don't want to lose this. It's like, well, that's kind of weird because if you think about it, like commitment is kind of the fabric of our society, right? It's what forms families. It's what forms the family unit. It's what forms literally what the fabric of our society kind of is in so many ways. It allows, you know, humankind to continue and have a structure and have, you know, there's order, right? And so it's like, I think our own selfishness and our desire to, you know, not put ourselves in a place where we have to forego all of their options, right? I think that can be somewhat hard in our world that we're constantly being shown who else might be available. I mean, I'm not against, you know, meeting someone online or anything by any means, but I think that can definitely make it harder um, when there's like this smorgasbord, like this buffet of all these hunks, you know, all over the internet. And it's like, well, maybe like, maybe I didn't pick the right guy or like maybe this, maybe I shouldn't commit to this guy or I don't know if I want to date. It's like, oh my gosh, everybody. <laughs> like you, we have this constant endless catalog of potentially better options. And I think that messes with our minds, right? So I honestly think sometimes, and this is just my observation, I'm obviously, you know, not making a full blanket statement, but sometimes I think our own selfishness and therefore fear of commitment or fear of sacrifice or foregoing other options, it can really damage what really builds the fabric of society, what um, really builds the family unit, right? So anyways, when Matt and I were in that season and trying to discern like what our next steps would be and how that would work out with all the uncertainties that we had, um, we also really discerned and asked for advice and wisdom from trusted trusted voices, trusted counsel. We had a small circle of trusted people from his team chaplain who was like a mentor in his life and ended up being the officiant of our wedding. Um, on top of that, we seek counsel from our parents, from a couple of trusted friends, and also from people that were mentoring us in our lives and those that knew us best and could say like, yes, this is a, a healthy, valuable, good thing. Pursue it. You know, um, we had a very small, each of us, both of us had trusted circles. And when we got the yeses from those voices in those, in those circles, um, it also came down to a practical decision after that. It was like, okay, so we know from a personal and like um, spiritual and all that standpoint, like this is a go, right? We have all that peace. Um, but when it comes to just being practical, <laughs> um, what what's going to be the best plan of attack, plan of, you know, option. And again, I wouldn't say don't, I wouldn't say let money be the only reason you don't get engaged. Like if you're like, well, we don't know how we're going to support ourselves. I still believe that the commitment is more, even more important than that. Um, like Matt bought my wedding or my engagement ring with like the graduation money that he had gotten from college and then had like a hundred dollars to his name for a little while, but he hustled and worked hard and moved across the country, slept on a friend's couch and got himself a job. And like, he did what he had to do, you know? And so it's like, I think from a practical standpoint, I remember you know, my mom actually sat us down at the table and had us write out like a budget and like so that we could see visually like these are the things that we're going to have to be able to pay for. Um, and these are the things that we need to be prepared for if we're going to get engaged sometime this year. That means that by next year or however long we decide to make our engagement, at that point, we need to be prepared to at least be aware that these are going to be expenses we have and how are we going to be able to meet those expenses. Now, we, you know, didn't feel like we had to have the perfect answer to everything and, you know, a five-year plan and stuff. I think a lot of people will avoid that because they want to have all their ducks in a row. But I do think there's an element of wisdom in looking at the practical picture. Look at it in black and white. Like, don't just be... Um, 
you know, careless in how you're making the decision and say like, okay, you know, is that viable? Is that something that we can, you know, do in the next six months? Yes. Then like, what are you avoiding? You know, no. Okay. Maybe we have a 10 month engagement. And so it's just, we kind of picked our timeline based off of where we were in our lives. Um, I was just finishing up school. He had just finished school. Um, We were kind of trying to settle into like what the next step was going to be. And with him trying to get into the NFL, he was off teams, on team, off team, you know, like, so he had very inconsistent, um, plans. It wasn't what a lot of people think. And so we were trying to really balance that. And um, for us, it was helpful to see on paper, like, okay, at a bare minimum, this is what we'll need to do to really just at least be able to support ourselves. Can we make that happen? And if not, what do we need to do to make that happen so that we can then take the step and make the commitment that we want to make? So, you know, that really did help us make a decision when it came to timeline, when it came to, um, you know, we knew we wanted to commit. It was a matter of just like, how can we best do this? Because we don't want to commit and have no idea what we're walking into. It's not that you have to have a perfect plan, but we don't want to be blindsided and then that disrupt the joy and the excitement of our first couple months of marriage. And to be honest, like there's no way you can fully avoid that. There's always things that'll, you know, blindside you and things that you won't expect and all of that. But I will say that doing that exercise and looking at it in black and white helped us both come to a place of understanding and kind of get on the same page of like, okay, here's, you know, here's a couple options as to how we can meet this need if we, if we take this step and proceed and start, you know, preparing to get married. So, um, that was really helpful for us. That was helpful to really look at when is this realistically a season of life we can step into. And if we want to try to make it sooner, how can we, you know, put our heads together and make that happen? I think that's a really healthy and helpful exercise to do. Now, I also want to answer the question of, okay, I know that he's going to propose. Maybe, like for me, okay, this was my story. Matt had moved back to Arizona where his family lived after he finished school. And he was training for football, trying to get on a football team. He was um, with the Steelers in a mini camp that summer. And so because he had gotten a look and some opportunities, he was like, I need to train. I need to be ready. And all of his coaching and resources. And it was the most affordable option for him that year. So he moved back home and we were separated by 2000 miles. I was in Indiana and he was in Arizona. And, um, (laughs) I remember like my mom was texting with him or something. And then, Later that week or something, she looked at me and her eyes got really big and she goes, you cannot look at my phone this week. (laughs) And I was like, all right, well, now I know something's happening. You know, I was like, you could have just not said anything and I probably wouldn't have noticed. But anyways, I'm like, mom, I never look at your phone anyways, but it was just funny. So long story short, I kind of knew that that was coming, but I had no idea as to when. And so maybe you're in a season like that where you're like, um, you know, you know, he asks your parents or he's having a conversation with your parents or you guys have talked about marriage or maybe you've, you know, stopped in the jewelry store at the mall and looked at rings or um, you've talked about like what you want to, you know, your next steps or your goals or your goals for your um, your dating relationship. Maybe from the very beginning, you said, you know, you're only dating with the intention to get married. I don't know exactly what your situation is, but maybe you're kind of in that place where you're like pending, <laughs> pending fiance, still a girlfriend. <laughs> And they kind of just feel like, okay, I'm just like waiting for him to propose and I don't know when it's going to happen and it's stressing me out. And like, maybe you are wasting all your money trying to get your nails done every other week because you just never know. First of all, you don't have to have your nails done. Like you can always paint them after he proposes and then take the Instagram pic. Okay. Like I think a lot of us forget that. But anyways, <laughs> my point is I I know what that sometimes can feel like. Mine wasn't super long. Like I feel like shortly after my mom said that it wasn't super long afterwards that he ended up proposing. Um, 
But, you know, when you kind of know something is coming or that that's what you're working towards, but he just, like, hasn't brought it up or he just hasn't made the move or he, you know, you're just kind of, like, pending. I know that that can be, um, at least from what a lot of people have been sharing with me, it's like, I just want to not be discontent. Like, I want to really soak this up, but I don't know how. Or how do I avoid just focusing so much on the um, proposal or on the pending proposal? (laughs) And um, Virginia said, how do you make the most of engagement, right? Like, without just counting down the days till marriage. And so those are kind of one and the same question. Like, how do you make the most of the dating season without just counting down the days or waiting for him to propose and focusing only on that? And then on the flip side, how do you make the most of engagement when you have four months till your wedding and you just can't wait to be married? Um, And it's funny because I will tell you straight up, I don't think there's a perfect answer for that. Um, I think the biggest thing, I don't know if you've heard the Trace Atkins song that says, um, it's called You're Gonna Miss This. And it basically like walks through different seasons of life. Like when she's a kid and all she wants to do is be 18 and, you know, then be able to make her own decisions. And then she turns 18 and then she's 25 and she's got two little kids running around and she's always focused on the next season. Well, we want to get a bigger house. We want to get this next thing. It was almost like, you're gonna miss this if you are focused on what you're missing out on in the middle of it. And I thought that was so good. And I just love that song. It makes me like tear up every time I hear it. And I think that's something to remember. Like, even if you're excited to get engaged, like, that's great, sister. That's awesome. Um, I hope that you have excitement towards that. But I also think the best thing you can do when you feel like, oh, there's so much time till the wedding still or when you feel like you're in this perpetual season of waiting for him to propose or whatever that is— Remember that you only get this season once. Like, if you know that eventually he's going to propose, if I were you, I would be making the most of being a girlfriend. Like, I will never be a girlfriend again, right? I'm a wife, and I love that title, and I wear it with pride, and I've got, like, my little, you know, mug that says wifey. Like, I love it, okay? So I'm not saying that I regret that or I'm sad about that, but I will say I remember— um, the day before my wedding, I journals. Like, I remember kind of writing, like, I think it was to God. And I remember I was like, thank you for so-and-so. And I filled in the ex-boyfriend's name. <laughs> There's a point to this story. Um, and I said, he taught me that I love a, a guy that loves adventure. Um, but he also taught me that I want a guy that has a moral compass. And then I said, thank you for so-and-so. And I filled in another guy's name that I had gone on a couple dates with. And I said, you know, I learned that I appreciate a gentleman, but I also learned that I want someone who honors family or something like that. Like I basically said, like, it taught me what I loved and what I don't love. And then I got to Matt after a couple and I was like, and thank you for Matt because in him, you've shown me, you've given me both of those things. You've given me all of those things. Like you've shown me what values and characteristics I don't want in my husband. And you've shown me through even some heartbreak and some challenges and some things that weren't fun to walk through um, what I do want and what I do value and treasure and what I like in a partner. And so all of those were learning seasons, even though they were hard seasons. And so in the middle of waiting, you know, I think it can be the same way. Like you're learning how to be patient because sister, like when you get married and if you ever have kiddos, if you ever, <laughs> even just when you get married, like you're going to have to have the skill of patience. And that is something that can be tested in those seasons of waiting. And there's a reason for that. There's a refining in that. Um, but I remember I wrote this whole letter out. And then at the bottom, after I just kind of like really was like, wow, all of these even hard things were blessings that have prepared me for walking down the aisle tomorrow. Right. And that day was finally there. Right. We dated for two years were engaged for 14 months like for us we were so ready like in our hearts that that seemed like a lifetime and now we've been married about that amount of time which is crazy um but you know I I look back and I remember I signed that letter I wrote for the very last time and then I signed my whole name Jordan Lee Warziniak yeah that was my main name (laughs) kind of a mouthful um and that's why I always went by Jordan Lee on all my social media but anyways um you know I I remember writing that and 
for the first time, I kind of felt sad. Like, I mourned the loss of my single life a little bit. Like, I mourned the loss of my maiden name, um, even though I was so excited to wake up the next day and be with all my bridesmaids and walk down that aisle toward the man I loved. Like, I could not wait. But at the same time, for, like, a few minutes, I just sat in that bittersweet tension, that place of, like, shedding one identity or one season of life and stepping into another. I think we are in a world that so quickly just—we just transition into things really fast. We share the Instagram. We hashtag the picture. We come up with our—and we just, like, move into it, right? We just rush into wedding planning. We rush into the wedding. We rush into the next season. We share about it. We broadcast it. But I think sometimes we just forget to sit in it. And I realized that, like, yeah, for a while and throughout the middle of that engagement— month seven, month eight, I'm like, oh my gosh, this engagement's going on forever, right? At least for us, it felt like forever. And 14 months is a long engagement, I will say. Um, But, you know, I remember thinking I wanted to just get through it and I wasn't really living in the middle of it because, you know, what if I never would have got through it? What if my life would have ended? You know, I could have missed out on so much. And so I remember just that night before my wedding, just sitting there and being like, dang, you know, I'm thankful for these years that I wore this last name. I remember when I was a kid, my parents came up with um, a family, like, legacy <laughs> or, like, a family motto is what they called it, the Wersiniak family motto. And it was um, spread the love and the cool. <laughs> my brother and I were, like, 7 and 10 or something. Um, I just thought that was so great. And I thought about, like, dang, like, there's so much tied up in this, like, in this girl that I was growing up. And I remember when I went away to college and my parents just said, like, honor your family name, right? And I no longer have that name technically, even though it's always a part of my heart. And so, you know, for the first time, I really embraced, like, man, I was so quick to rush through this. And now it's like, now it's here because it will come faster than you think, I promise you. And there's just some part of you that's like, oh, but that was really sweet. Like getting to be a girlfriend and, you know, wearing this last name, like that was so sweet, you know, and I don't know what your relationship with this with your family. Like you might be like, I don't want this name anymore, you know, or you might be like, you know, really struggling with the idea of, you know, stepping into a new season or I don't know what, what you, what your situation is. But I just remember that, like that bittersweet moment and like living in that tension as hard as that is, it's almost like you never really get that experience again. Like I had never felt, um, it's almost like, I I think some of my friends have described it. Like when they're about to have a baby, they realize like, this is the last time it's just the two of us. Right. And like, you're so excited for that blessing of that baby. But then once you get right up to the end, right, right. When you're about to have that baby, it's like, for so long, it feels like you're just waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting and you're preparing and you're preparing and you're preparing that sometimes you forget to really be like, but this is so sweet this season. This season is so sweet. Like even in marriage, right? The next milestone that everybody is waiting for is for us to have kids. And I will tell you, like we are pumped to have a bunch of doolittles. It's going to be great. Um, But we also are loving this season. And I remember that feeling of like that bittersweet, man, we always notice it maybe like right before it changes rather than really embracing it in the middle and through route while we feel like we're waiting. Like, I'm still a girlfriend. I want to be a fiance or I'm a fiance. I'm ready to be a wife or I'm a wife and I'm ready to be a mom. Like, sister, it never ends. Like, you'll cross that wedding day threshold and then you'll be like, okay, cool. On to the next thing. I need a golden doodle, right? So like, I just think, remember that, you know, there will always be that kind of desire to rush and push and move and go. But if you can sit in the tension of the bittersweet and that transition and not, you know, put it off till the last day before your wedding to really embrace it and like, look back and cherish that 
that waiting, that season that you're currently in that you will never get back, that you will miss sometimes. Um, even like being a wife, sometimes I remember, I will say this vulnerably, like there have been times where I'm like, this is hard. I just want to go home. Like sometimes I like just want my mom and my childhood bed, you know, sometimes like I'm tired of adulting. I don't know how to pay bills, like, you know, and I totally do. But when I'm overwhelmed or just, you know, marriage is challenging them, sometimes there's bumps in the road and Sometimes you do miss like when you were just a kid, you know, sometimes you do miss when you were just college sweethearts and dating and everything was effortless and there was no mortgage and there was no, you know, insurance and all these other things that suddenly begin to you know, they're blessings, but they also somewhat complicate your life. And so I just want to encourage you that if you're in that season of, you know, feeling like I'm waiting for the next thing, the ring, the the wedding or the dog or the baby, whatever the season is, but specifically for this episode, I guess, engagement and getting married, um, just remember like you are going to miss this. And this really is a special season and there's no like magic solution or roadmap to, you know, avoiding all discontentment in the world. It's just really a mindset thing of like, well, what am I focusing on? You know, like, what am I doing today? Like that ring will come. I'll get to post the pictures. I'll get to do the thing, you know, um, so long as the plan for my life. But today I'm going to show up and love my life. Today I'm going to show up and embrace that I'm a girlfriend. Like there's a lot of girls that would love to be you, sis, you know, like just remember that. Sometimes we can wish away the things that others would love to have. And if you can keep that in the forefront of your mind, it's going to allow you to really be present and love this season, even when you kind of feel like you're excited for the next. So be excited, but don't overlook what you're currently doing because you'll miss out on a lot. All right. So I think that's all I got for you. I just, I hope it challenged you. I hope it helps you reframe your mind and think about this season in a different way, no matter what you're waiting on. Keep your mind on what really matters most. And I promise you, it's going to help you love this season so much more. If you liked today's episode, would you consider leaving a review in the podcast app or wherever you listen? If this show has helped you grow into the she you were made to be at all, taking 0.3 seconds to leave a review would mean the world. This helps the show grow so I can keep researching, creating, and providing new content to help you make your life better every single week. If you leave a review, be sure to share a screenshot of it on your Instagram story and tag me so that I can personally thank you. Thanks so much, sister friend. You are the best. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. This show is a part of the Lasting Media Network and produced by John Fender, Jason Barrett, and Jonas Litton with the help of Jackson Willis. Visit lastingmediagroup.com to learn more. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.